Riga Conference Podcast, brought to you by Latvian Transatlantic Organization. Hello, uh, I'm Daunis Awas uh, from the University of Latvia, and I'm here with uh, Ian Brzezinski, uh, a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, and also director of the Council's Three Seas Initiative project. And we're here to talk about the Three Seas Initiative, uh, particularly in light of the uh, upcoming June 2022 summit, which will be held here in Riga, Latvia. So let's perhaps begin uh, with a general question, uh, Ian. Uh, what is the background to the Three Seas Initiative and what is the Atlantic Council's interest? Well, Three Seas, Giannis, thank you for having me on. It's, it's great to be here in Riga, which as you mentioned is going to host the 2022 Three Seas Summit. Uh, the Three Seas Initiative is a Central European launched, a Central European led initiative to accelerate the development of cross-border transport, energy and digital infrastructure in the region between the three seas, the Baltic, Black and Adriatic seas. It's all about accelerating economic growth. It's all about uh, enhancing economic and energy resiliency. It's all about completing the vision of Europe that's whole, free, undivided, prosperous and, and secure. Uh, at the Atlantic Council, we're, we're proud to be associated or proud to be focused on this project because it's so tied to that vision of a completed Europe, an undivided Europe. And we've been involved in this from the very beginning. Uh, we've been doing some important reporting uh, on it. Uh, we did a report back in 2013 and 14 that um, explored the, the, the possibilities uh, of infrastructural integration, but it was the Central European countries that uh, grabbed the initiative, took a concept and operationalized it into what we call today the Three Seas Initiative. And how does this differ to uh, policies being undertaken within the European Union? After all, uh, all the uh, 12 European member states involved in the project receive generous European Union cohesion funding uh, to uh, develop infrastructural networks. Uh, more recently, uh, we have this uh, uh, money connected to the uh, COVID crisis, uh, which has a focus on, on, on green issues and digitalization, which is one of the key elements of the Three Cs uh, initiative. Uh, why do we need to have a uh, sort of a specific targeted policy here when the EU is already addressing many of these issues? Well, first, I think it's pretty clear that there isn't a single Central European state that isn't appreciative of the EU and the billions of euros the European Union has invested in Central European infrastructure. But if you look at today, 30 years after the collapse of the, of the, of the, of the Berlin Wall, 30 years after the end of the Cold War, 30 years after uh, the end of foreign occupation in this region, it's stunning to see the gap in terms of infrastructure, cross-border infrastructure development between Western Europe and, and, and this region, Central Europe, the Three Seas region. According to the EU's own statistics, uh, if you travel on a north-south uh, path from somewhere in, in Western Europe, north to south, it takes to go the same distance north to south in Central Europe two to four times. Two to four times, because just, there just isn't that same degree of cross-border railroads, same degree of cross-border highways, same degree of canals, uh, pipelines, uh, telecommunications network, and such. And that is a recipe for inefficiency. It's an impediment to the growth. It's an impediment to regional co collaboration. So we need to more aggressively, the region wants to more aggressively address this what is estimated to be a 500 to a trillion dollar infrastructure gap between Western Europe and Central Europe. So there's a need. 
despite all the goodwill that came from, from, from the European Union. But what's unique about uh, the three Cs, I think there are two things unique about the three Cs. One, it's an unprecedented form of regional collaboration. These 12 nations are working together. And then second, they're actually, they're not just talking, they're investing their own resources in it. And they're investing in their own resources with the intent of mobilizing the market to transform the market into a driver of cross-border infrastructural development. And that's what's distinctive about this initiative. There's a need, and they have a solution that's unique, leveraging private capital to accelerate infrastructure development. And I think the model they're creating here is actually going to be very applicable to other areas of the world, and actually should be a model that the new G7 Build Back Better initiative should be following. Can you tell us something about this um, investment fund, uh, which, which you've hinted at? As I understand it, the U.S. has also committed $300 million uh, to the fund. Um, how does it work? Uh, who is managing it? And are there any projects which, in which they've already invested? Well, this is a brilliant idea and what makes the three C's so exciting. And this is the core. It's the institutional core of, of the initiative, but it's the core of how they're going to mobilize and are mobilizing private capital to accelerate infrastructure development. The 12 nations have pulled together their own resources. Right now, it's nine of the countries have invested over a billion U.S. dollars. Place that, and I mean the word investment, because they're going to get a positive return. It's not just a giveaway. They've invested it. They place it under commercial management the three C's fund, who's then taking this billion dollars and is beginning to invest it into different cross-border infrastructures in the region. And this fund operates on purely commercial terms. It is judged, it's determined, its success or failure is determined whether or not it brings as big a profit as possible back to its original investors. So there's no political interference. No country, no matter how much money they have invested in the fund, can go over and get preference. Project's going to be measured solely on their ability on re to re provide a profitable return. And those that are most profitable, regardless of where they are in the region, are the ones where the fund is going to be looking. That is unique and it's in innovative. And it's a very effective way to signal not only commitment, but to highlight the region's economic opportunities in a way that will be responsive to the interests of the trillion dollars, over trillion dollars in foreign direct investment that's looking for safe, long-term, profitable returns. And infrastructure is one of those. So it's, it's a, the three C's fund is it's innovative and things can be highly effective in terms of attracting private capital to accelerate infrastructure development in this region. And has the fund made any uh, investments? It's made three investments so far. I think a fourth is in, 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 in the works. It's done an, a, an investment in the energy sector. I believe it's, it's solar farms. It's done an investment in... In, um, in the energy uh, sector, uh, and it's on an investment in the telecommunications sector. And at the moment, there are 12 member states involved. Um, is there any scope that this could be expanded in the future? I mean, I've heard whispers from Finland, albeit from the political opposition in Finland, that there might be an interest in, in, in Finland perhaps joining this initiative. And of course, there are probably countries in the Western Balkans that might also be potentially interested. Well, this is a decision that shouldn't, or a question that shouldn't go to me. It should go to the three C states because they're the ones who decide uh, what the membership will be. I, I will say that as one who's deeply committed uh, to the vision of a Europe that includes Ukraine, that includes Moldova, that has the Western Balkans fully integrated. Um, I'm, I very much want to see three C's gradually extended 
uh, to these nations in terms of full membership. But there is a real distinctive advantage in terms of its current membership because they bring and highlight the unique opportunities that are unique to this region, to the Three Seas region, to Central and Eastern Europe, that are complemented with the strengths that come with EU membership, the confidence that EU membership brings uh, to, to the tables of private investment, be it in Western Europe, be it in North America or around the world. And you want to be very careful in how you manage those unique attributes, how you protect them. Now, how do uh, the European Union's other member states uh, look at this project? Um, uh, perhaps you could outline uh, the German approach, because I know that Germany has uh, recently engaged uh, with the initiative. Uh, but how about France, uh, where it seems that the government is perhaps a little bit more skeptical uh, about uh, all this? The impression I have is that uh, Three Seas is gaining traction internationally. It's not a tsunami, but tsunamis you know, are a flash. They come in big, and then they tend to recede very quickly. With Three Seas, in terms of global traction, it's kind of like a steady rising tide. Uh, and that, I think, is actually really good. So with Germany, the interest has been steadily increasing. It's interesting to me that Steinmeier has been physically, or at least committed to until he had COVID, to the last three Three Seas summits. And each time he's spoken, spoken more and more favorably about Three Seas. It's interesting to me that uh, in the recent U.S.-Germany Memorandum of Understanding on Nord Stream 2, whether you like that memorandum or not, the fact is, is that the three C's was mentioned in that, which reflects to me growing confidence, both in Washington and in Berlin, that the three C's is real and something that merits strong support. And how about China? Um, I noted that China had representatives, at least at the uh, earlier summits. Uh, I'm not sure about the uh, more recent ones. And in fact, when the um, initiative was being developed, uh, Chinese uh, government representatives had commented that this might fit nicely with the uh, Belt and Road um, Initiative. How has this uh, Chinese view or Chinese cooperation with the project panned out in recent years? Well, actually, I wasn't aware of any Chinese participation in any of the three C summits. There, of course, is the Belt and Road Initiative and the 17 plus one. But three C's, as, as, as I've been observing it, it really isn't a case against anything. It's for something. It's for infrastructural development. It's for connectivity. Uh, it's for economic growth. It's for completing the vision of, of, of Europe, whole and free. And how about the U.S. role in this? So this project, um, of this initiative rather, uh, was uh, kicked off during the uh, previous um, uh, uh, presidency of uh, Donald Trump. How has the new Biden administration uh, adapted uh, to uh, this uh, initiative? Are they uh, behind it? Uh, can we expect some uh, heavy hitters here in Riga next year? Well, despite what you, you hear about Washington, D.C., there are actually elements of bipartisanship in, in Washington, and Three C's is one of them. Uh, three C's successfully transitioned from the Trump to the Biden administration. I was actually surprised to see how quickly the Biden administration has embraced three C's. It's important to note that even during the campaign, there's actual Biden campaign literature endorsing three C's. Perhaps even more important, I think within 20 days or 30 days of coming into office, Secretary Blinken provided an address to three C's foreign ministers in Feb early February, in which he endorsed the rationale behind three C's, the objectives of three C's, and above all, robustly endorsed the, the concept 
of the Three C's Initiative Investment Fund as a powerful new model of public-private partnership. And he encouraged uh, all to invest in, in, in the fund. Uh, they have reiterated their, their commitment to invest in the fund, and we're eagerly waiting to see the effectuation of the $300 million equity investment that the U.S. government committed to make into the fund. So in just over half a year, uh, we will be hosting here in beautiful Riga uh, the next summit of the Three Seas Initiative. What kind of issues will be discussed? Uh, what kind of decisions do you think will or should be taken in the meeting? Well, I think for Three Seas 2022 to use, I mean, I think some of the objectives uh, should include the following. One, the effectuation of the U.S. investment. Uh, two, the transition of German diplomatic support into financial investment. And again, I'm using the word investment because it should be money that goes in, makes money through this program, and then eventually is pulled back. So it's a positive return to investment, be it the private sector or, or a U.S. government. I'd like to see other countries get, get engaged uh, and perhaps even invest in the fund. The Dutch, the French, the U.K., U.K. Minister of External Trade was actually at the Sofia 3C Summit. So you're beginning to see expanded interest, perhaps engagement of sovereign wealth funds. And then above all, most importantly, we have a real need to get the private sector more engaged uh, and more aware and actually investing in the 3Cs fund and 3Cs in infrastructure projects. And that's where Riga 2022 could be an important uh, benchmark. Well, and if we finally sort of take a long-term perspective here, uh, how would you like to see the Three Cs uh, initiative panning out over the next, let's say, 10 to 15 years? Let, let's say in 2040. What sort of concrete achievements would you think uh, would mark the initiative as having been a uh, great success? Tangible infrastructure projects that have a tangible Three C stamp on it, either because the Three Cs has accelerated their completion or actually generated and completed a project, a new one could be the Three Cs Digital Highway, a fiber optic network that would high-speed fiber optic network that would connect the regions, the nations together, and the and the rest of the world. Uh, real private sector investment, and then I would love to see an expansion of the Three Cs into other countries of Central and Eastern Europe, perhaps as they accede to EU membership. Well, Ian Brzezinski, thanks for joining us here in uh, Riga. And uh, perhaps we'll see you here in June uh, next year when we have the Three Seas Initiative. Thank you. I look forward to it.